This episode of Blaster Podcast Presents Muff Movies is sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls. Just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it for free in the App Store. Smash cut! We see the Torrance family suite. Jack enters and Wendy... Uh, super tense, waiting for the news of what he did to the interloper that throttled her little boy, rushes up to him. Jack, Jack, uh, did you find her? Did you stop her? What's happening? What I did didn't you see, in room see anything, Jack says, wiping uh, lipstick off of his mouth. The only crazy woman I see around here is me, and Danny was lying about that <laughs> intruder. What? Yeah. How, how's... How's that possible? He has bruises all up and down his neck. The whole two of you have been trying the whole time since we got here to make us leave the Overlook Hotel because you're both jealous of me and my success trying to undercut me at every turn, aren't you? What? No, Jack. Speaking of no Jack. (laughs) No Jack Johnson. (laughs) Uh, I can see when I am not wanted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Took a little detour on his uh, great Yukon adventure. <laughs> Hee-ho! <laughs> a griffin swoops moose. down to pick up No Jack Johnson <laughs> and fly him off down the Colorado mountains. We're going to find that Patreon. <laughs> the elusive Patreon skulks it through the forest. Great, look what you did, Jack. You scared away the only guest we've had in months. You know... I think we've got a little guest here that you didn't suspect, Wendy. And that guest <laughs> is called being a bitch. <laughs> Wendy looks ashamed of herself. <laughs> Danny, lying in his tiny bedroom with the door closed, trying to snuffle out the sound of his arguing parents, suddenly has a vision. <laughs> Synthesizer trombones play, and he sees a baby elephant with a crayon in its nose. Write the nonsense word "red rum" across the bedroom door. Danny screams and once again sees the same old footage. Of the elevator opening in the lobby and blood rivering forth. Hey, Tony. I mean, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) What? 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 What is it, Tony? Oh, must be that time of the month for my ex-wife, eh? I don't understand that. I'm a (laughs) six-year-old boy. What? (laughs) Danny thrusts his finger up his nose. (laughs) The only way he knows to control Tony. We need to get Danny out of this hotel. He's talking to Tony almost all the time now. He keeps putting his finger up his nose. He's 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 not doing well, Jack. Get out of the hotel? Wendy, this is the first job I've been able to hold down for more than three days at a stretch. <laughs> you know what? What are we going to do? Go down to old Sidewinder, where it's not a dangerous mountain filled with ghosts? What am I going to do? Work at a car wash? He says derisively. Would that be so bad? <laughs> Wendy looks at the camera, and the car wash attendants in the audience yell back at the screen, <laughs> No! It's honorable day's labor for an honorable wage. I can understand you seeing it as a dead-end career, but there is a certain... I mean, if you give up the idea of advancement, there's a certain uh, satisfaction to be had. Without car washers, your cars would all be dirty as shit. (laughs) One of the car washers stands up and looks at all his fellow audience members. You, sir, (laughs) why you'd be driving around in a really ugly car and your date would be embarrassed to be with you. And you, miss. (laughs) He points at an old dowager. Uh, without your shiny car, your church group would not compliment you nearly as much as they do. The dowager's passion stir in her breast that have not been touched for a thousand years. He's right. <laughs> we should be applauding these men, not tearing them down. I vow to give all of my money to the local octopus car wash. I have neglected you for too long, my dear fellow. Uh, Mr. Ullman, I don't think that's wise, says <laughs> Ullman's wintertime attendant. 
You should never have been invited to this afternoon viewing of the Shining film. I know. <laughs> Says the underage attendant, looking guiltily at his rated R movie ticket stub. Why don't you all keep it down over there and so we can watch the end of the movie The Shining? Says the clown from It. <laughs> he <laughs> puts a finger alongside his red nose. And nothing happens. <laughs> the camera lingers on him for an uncomfortably long moment as his eyes begin to shift in a panicked way off to the sides. Something's supposed to happen here? What the, what, Smash what, wipe! What the fuck is this? <laughs> a hallway. <laughs> Jack, a furious, is pushing over everything that is not permanent, like disposable aluminum cake trays. The concept and, of love. And suddenly, he rounds the corner and sees festive balloons what? laid out. As though there's some sort of happening soiree in the hotel. And off in the distance, he starts to hear some haunting old-timey music, Mark. What does that sound like? Now, what is what in the world is that? Jack says to himself and begins to descend the grand spiral staircase of the Overlook Hotel. Smash what? Smash cut. Miami. Dick Halloran's home. Oh, uh, hello. Oh, <laughs> uh, hello, uh, Mr. Halloran. This is Ben, the only forest ranger left at the ranger station. Ben, what do you mean you're the only forest ranger left at the forest station? There's a blizzard uh, going on up there. Oh, there certainly is, and I'll tell you, I I did everything I could to stop my rough-and-tumble hombres from uh, pushing through that snow uh, in a sexful passion, but... uh. You know, when there's blood in the water, sharks gotta feed. Oh no, they've got the blood fever on them. I'm too late! Yeah, yeah so you might as well just stay home. Save yourself some trouble. Uh, no. I would, <laughs> I'd spend the rest, I'd spend the rest of my life knowing that I had shied away when duty called. Thank you, Ben, for letting me know, and I'll see you this on This isn't the... called the shying. What? What isn't called the shying? What do you mean this? <laughs> you know, this whole affair. This affair? What do you mean, this phone call? <laughs> this whole mad, uh, topsy-turvy thing we call life. All right, Ben. I think I've already spent too much time with you, to be honest. <laughs> Halloran <laughs> slams the phone down in its cradle, loads Wait! his... Wait! <laughs> Says Ben... Ben looks at the FBI agent sitting next to him, watching his watch. The timer is at 59 seconds. The FBI agent sadly shakes his head. Awesome. <laughs> Dick loads his uh, six-shooter with silver slugs uh, and hops into his old beat-up Chrysler. <laughs> you fellas have never done me wrong before. <laughs> It's me, the talking Chrysler. <laughs> yeah, can I have us the talking Chrysler? I just loaded my guns with with talking cartoon slugs like in Roger Rabbit. Can I take you to the airport and then never see you again? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Smash wipe the gold room lounge, which we saw earlier. This is where all of the swanky parties used to happen. And Lloyd. Let the spy fall <laughs> when it crumble. Uh, wow, what a swanky party. They even have a lady singing on top of a piano, <laughs> and the piano player, a famous opera man, singing the words. <laughs> That's Pavarotti, you uncultured swine. <laughs> I'm just busting your balls, Mr. Torrance. Can I get you a white wine spritzer? Oh, thank you so much. That's what we, we used to drink all the time back in my teaching days before we would punch our own students like in the book. <laughs> You're living the impossible dream, Mr. Torrance. Now listen. Danny's the, ears perk up. The hotel is wondering... <laughs> When you're gonna kill your son and your wife? When I'm gonna kill them? Yeah, when you're gonna chop them up with an axe. 
Do I seem like the kind of untethered psychopath who would murder his own wife and child? Well, apparently not in the book, if you ask some people. But definitely (laughs) from the time you've been in here, yeah, you seem a little crazy. Jack gets goose flesh from excitement just saying the words. (laughs) You know what? I got to take a little walk and think this over. Jack licks his goose pimples back down. (laughs) He turns and... uh. English butler knocks into him, spilling trays of yellowish liquid. Hello. Is this liquid called avocat? It's avocados, I think. Just avocados? Did you look it up? Let's look it up. Avocado. Yeah, uh, on the on the uh, like uh, captions, it's, it says avocat with two A's. That's apparently the French word for lawyer. Oh, with two A's? <laughs> yes. I see, I see, I see, I see. I love that, love that movie, Le Devil's Avocat. Oh, yeah. Avocat is apparently eggnog? Dutch eggnog? What a weird thing to be carrying around at a party. Yeah, but it's a 1920s party, so maybe that was the hotness. Maybe that was like their four loco. Oh, no, look what you've done, sir. Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez. My shitty burgundy velveteen... Track jacket is ruined. I've spilled my nog on your corduroy, sir. I'm terribly embarrassed. Would you like me to suck it off with my lips like some sort of algae eater? Not here. Let's go to the (laughs) men's room where such things are done. Haven't I seen you before, sir? They retire to the ugly men's room. (laughs) I'm not allowed in the other one. (laughs) <laughs> you've, of course you've seen me before, butler. Like, I'm the groundskeeper. I'm the head shit over the winter. Mm, I don't think so, sir. I think uh, I'm actually the groundskeeper and the head shit over the winter. <laughs> what? What's your fucking name? It's Grady, of course. What's your fucking name, you piece of shit? <laughs> Jack gasps and holds his heart. A sudden flash comes back to being in Ullman's office. The elaborate dance of the puppets with Grady <laughs> Grady wielding the felt-tipped axe. Tiny, perfect glasses of eggnog tipping over on the <laughs> finger puppet's slipping hands. A bloodied <laughs> Mr. Ullman's finger <laughs> pulling the dead Grady puppet off of it, still smoking from the tiny shotgun blast. Anyway, are we going to do this thing or what? Yeah, suck my dick. <laughs> Smash what? <laughs> Okay, uh, so <laughs> I'm going to get Danny, I'm going to uh, go, go down and get on the ski-doo, and we're just going to go down the mountain, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to Boulder. We can, if, if we hurry, we can get to Boulder in a few hours. Red Danny? Rum! Danny? Red Danny, shut the Red fuck up, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> Wendy grabs Danny by his broken arm. Ow! <laughs> when did his arm break? <laughs> it just periodically breaks on its own. Oh no boy, a... he has brittle bones. He's been drinking too much gamer fuel. Osteogenesis imperfecto. Hey, Miss Doris, why don't you <laughs> leave that alone, huh? <laughs> we gotta give it time to mend. Danny, Danny, talk to me. Hey, Snap out of it. Hey, bro, listen up. Danny ain't here no more. We understand one another. <laughs> Yeah, Wendy says as the finger slowly advances towards her. And hey, if Danny ain't around no more, you know. What? Sometimes you need a friend, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I can't, what am I talking to myself over here? Jesus Christ, you're just a finger. Yeah, you'd be surprised. (laughs) Smash cut. (laughs) (laughs) There is a... uh... (laughs) A uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show style montage sequence of postcoital bliss, both in the men's restroom and between Tony and Mrs. Torrance. Jesus Christ, Tony is her son's finger. No, come on. It was the 70s. <laughs> it's a living. <laughs> Smash wipe to the radio room. Hello. Hey, radio. Uh, I see you're still operating. Hello. This is, is this whoever's Jack? in the Overlook Hotel? Yeah, this is <laughs> Yeah, this is Jack. Why? Who are you? Oh, I can smell you, the Overlook Hotel. 
Wait a minute. Are you just some ham radio pervert? Yeah. <laughs> Jack takes out the radio. Wait. Did Wendy kill the radio or the telephone? Wendy killed the radio star. She put it oh. in a box and put it in the incinerator. Shit. Jack hallucinates that there's a radio. <laughs> Wait. Smash. Retroactive smash wipe. Jack runs into the radio room. Smash one. Jack runs into the radio room. Time to kill the radio so I can kill the radio. <laughs> he looks <laughs> around but doesn't find the ham radio anywhere. All he can see is a small coffin-shaped clean patch on a dusty desk. Wait. God damn it, <laughs> someone's beat me to it. <laughs> the game's afoot, Wendy Torrance. I'm foot, Wendy. Don't look down here. <laughs> Says a talking foot. <laughs> Smash wipe. 8 a.m. Okay. Dick is on an airplane. <laughs> Dick is on an airplane. Excuse me, miss. I'm Dick Halloran. Dick Halloran. <laughs> this flight is going to Denver, right? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised you got on the plane without knowing that. We're halfway there. I'm living on a prayer. <laughs> Dick winks. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Listen, do you want to get out of here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dick, st- Dick, st- Dick stands up out of, the, out of his airplane seat and follows the stewardess into the bathroom. <laughs> they close the door behind them and we hear smooth saxophone play. <laughs> Smash wipe. Durkin's Auto Supply in Denver, Colorado, bro. Larry Durkin, the great monarch of the Denver Auto Supply chain companies, is presiding over his kingdom. Suddenly the phone rings. Bing bing. Bing bing. Come on, man, pick up the phone, man. Pick up the phone. Larry Durkin. Larry, it's Dick Halloran. <laughs> Dick, you old son of a bitch. What are you doing calling me on a day like today? It's colder than an Eskimo's tits out there. <laughs> All right, well, they're indigenous peoples. Let's not call them Eskimos anymore. <laughs> I'm anyway. going out of my way to be uh, familiar with you, Dick. <laughs> it's an old sales <laughs> tactic. I'm not surprised a sharp shooter like you didn't fall for it. Anyway, what do you want from me? You want me to suck your dick? You want me to pull you off? Come on. Uh, no, no, I'm good, Larry. Look, Larry, I need to <laughs> That's get an up. old sales tactic, Dick. I'm not surprised you oh, didn't fall for it. Of course, of course, sorry. Uh, look, Larry, I, I got to get up to the Overlook Hotel in a hurry. I think, um, I think there's assholes who are running it wrong, and I got to, I don't, stop them. I don't know why I can't tell you what I think is going down, but, you know, <laughs> well, Bad Do you think another one of the huh? caretakers is trying to kill his wife up there? All right, you got me. You know I can't lie. <laughs> can't bullshit a bullshitter, Dick. Listen, I can give you a snowcat. No, I look, I want a vehicle that I can get up the mountain. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> well, in that case, I'm not going to give you this. Uh, Larry looks over at the <laughs> giant white cat on a silver chain tethered to an altar in his office. But uh, before I do... <laughs> Are you sure you don't want this thing? Because damned if I can get anyone to take it away, and it's not letting me out of here, Dick. (sighs) You know what? Fuck it. All right, I'll take the cat. (laughs) Smash wipe to an hour later. Dick Halloran rides the snowcat across the dunes. You remember that He-Man tiger action figure that had, like, armor? Of course I do. Of course I do. (laughs) It had a saddle. That's what Dick's doing, but on a snow leopard. Ride like the wind, Constantine. Okay, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) The snowcat puts on an extra burst of speed as they race. All that you can see. (laughs) Trying to race the bestial uh, forest rangers to the Overlook Hotel before it's too late. (laughs) By now, the forest rangers have ripped off their uniforms and replaced them with shards of spiky metal. No gods, no masters. Tonight we taste man flesh. Wait a minute. I thought we were going to fuck that lady. That also. (laughs) Quiet, Articulate Joe. (laughs) Quiet, (laughs) R2-D2. Smash swipe. Colorado Lounge. Colorado Lounge. Colorado deep down in the ocean. ocean Blue like like a China boy. (laughs) 
That is the Mighty Boosh. That is the deepest of deep cuts. Yeah, that's pretty good for, you know. For a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say it. Yeah, but the, we were, your tone of voice implied it enough that I we, feel we bad about myself. <laughs> Smash wipe. Colorado Lounge. Colorado deep down in the ocean. Fuck, blue. we're in a we're in a hyperloop. Uh, like in the movie Primer, deep cut. <laughs> Good job getting some back. Thank uh, you. Mark and Andy peel the space time continuum back. It's tendrils trying to snag them and plunge further into this episode of Muff Movies brought to you by Laganitas. <laughs> Jack? Life is shit. Smash cat. <laughs> to the Colorado Lounge. Colorado Lounge. Uh, Jack? Cut away, cut away. banana. Ah, jeez, Wendy. I was just finishing my book. Jack holds up a sheaf of papers, and upon which is written, uh, is this the part? Did we skip the part? No, this is the part where uh, she finds the book, and it just says, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. That's right. I should have read my own fucking notes. Right. Jack's not in the lounge. Hello. Wendy. Stuart is in the lounge, though. Who is? Stuart. Stuart Little? No. Stuart Big. <laughs> a huge mouse rides by <laughs> on his like giant Bigfoot uh, monster truck. Wendy Torrance, you have been judged and found wanting. Wendy grabs up a baseball bat to fend off this huge vermin. <laughs> but then suddenly from the tree line, a bunch of semi-nude park rangers rush out and grab the huge rodent (laughs) and begin an epic death battle with it. Wendy slowly closes the blinds. (laughs) You're almost there, Sarge. Take your shot. (laughs) Smile, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Wendy turns around and looks at Jack's writing desk in the Colorado lounge. Jack, however, is conspicuously absent. Absence. Hmm. Wendy Wendy, uh, walks over to the writing desk. She looks down into the um, little inbox that Jet Jet Jackson has been using. (laughs) Jet Jackson, space writer, (laughs) that Jack has been using to hold his beloved manuscript. She looks in, and the title page is pretty compelling. It says, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. It's a pretty good hook. She turns it over. Page one. Oh my god. Every sentence is all where play makes Jack a dull boy. And we like really linger on this. Like page flip after page flip. Different like formatting, formatting and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody probably typed all 500 pages of that out and just like wasted their day. How do you like <laughs> it? Richard Dreyfus, did you do this? Where's Jack's book? I uh, have been writing it in a Starbucks uh, day by day. <laughs> However, I've been distracted by the beautiful nymphs that come in <laughs> and want to know what I'm uh, working on in between bites of my double-smoked bacon sandwich. Wendy uncorks her asthma inhaler and says, this is battery acid. Using the power of imagination, she sprays the clownish Richard Dreyfus <laughs> right in the face with it. His face begins to melt. Ah, hoisted by my own petard. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus does a clownish twirl and disappears down the storm drain. <laughs> Wendy shudders, knowing that in 20 years, she will have to return and finish the job. I'm surprised that you know so much about it. Haven't we talked about this before? I thought I was our resident Stephen King expert. Uh, I've been listening to a bunch of the audiobooks, and I watched the new It movie like three months ago. Oh, that's a damn fine film. You think? I liked the movie. Did you not? I kind of had a problem with the Pennywise, 
because he was like immediately such an obvious monster creep. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like the point of the monster displaying itself as a clown is like it is supposed to entice people, you know, sort of putting up like a fake happy thing. And it's like, it's, it's weird. It's off-putting, but like disarming. And then it reveals its monstrousness and frightens them and kills them. But this guy was like immediately fucking frightening. He's like a space alien. But you didn't think, okay. So in the first scene when he's in the, when he's in the storm drain and the kid goes up and talks to him, I felt like that was great because I felt like he was really uh, charming. And I was like, if there was anybody that I was going to find standing in a storm drain <laughs> that I would trust, like, it might be maybe this guy. As opposed to Tim Curry. Like, Tim Curry, minus clown makeup, in a full, like, three-piece suit, standing in the <laughs> middle of a well-lit street with a briefcase, I would trust less than <laughs> than any human being on Earth. <laughs> I think that speaks to certain prejudices you have against Tim Curry. Hey, hello. Come on over here, Mark Soloff. Andy, would you care to accompany <laughs> me down into this dark room? Mm. Mm, can I interview you for this position? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, like the, the, the Pennywise <laughs> in the new one, most of his interaction is he's like, would you like to go to the circus? <laughs> Like it's like I'm trying to speak English words, but I'm a huge evil spider thing. Yeah, that's what I liked about it. I think you gotta be like a good, nice clown, and then flip the script. Absolutely not. Nobody trusts a clown. What about the part where he's like, where he's like, uh, ooh, it blew me away. Oh, blue. You know that part where he just seems like Mr. Hammond from uh, Jurassic Park. I'm like, <laughs> I'd hang out with this clown. I don't even like clowns, but I would hang out with this one. Hammond is the perfect it. <laughs> oh, Mr. DNA, where did you come from? Do you float down there? <laughs> Talk about disarming. You'd be like, oh, yeah, you're awesome. And then you'd be like, bite your arm off. <laughs> anyway, enough about it versus it. Let's talk about Lachine. How do you like it? Ah! Wendy turns around. Richard Dreyfus has disappeared, but in his place is something slightly less scary. Jack Torrance looking for all the world like the Wolfman, just like unshaven, sweaty. His incisors seem to have grown, and he is grasping at his, clutching at his uh, elbow pads. (laughs) He's clutching at his shirt sleeves, just like filled with venom and hatred. Uh, it's... It's a good book, Jack. It's yeah. Um, Do you think what's your favorite here and there? But overall, I think I think it's good. Repetitive. Yeah. Are you sure that's not just the scansion, like uh, William Shakespeare might have used, like uh, iambic pentameter, Wendy? No, there's nothing wrong with the meter, Jack. It's the words. Oh, the, the meter. <laughs> I'm surprised that you were able to. Pull that one out of your lexicon, Wendy. <laughs> Jack menaces slowly towards Wendy, and she impotently brandishes the baseball bat in front of her. Now, now, now you just stay where you are, Jack. I, uh, I wanted to talk to you about Danny, but I uh, suddenly feel like I just want to go back to my room now. Oh, you wanted to talk about Danny? <laughs> well, we can talk about Danny, Wendy. Why don't you put the bat down? I'm not going to hurt you, Wendy, love of my life. <laughs> I'm not going to hurt you. Are you sure you're not going to hurt me? Cause Ooh, you sure didn't let me see. finish. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm not, I don't like being interrupted, Wendy. It's rude. <laughs> didn't mean to step on your balls. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your little head in. <laughs> That's right. Bash it right in. Okay, <laughs> Wendy swings the bat and clocks Jack Nicholson, the actor, <laughs> real hard across the skull. Clocks him right out of the roll, and Jack Torrance stands on the stairs and says, Oh, <laughs> <Missed>. shit. <laughs> Wendy, you've saved me. What a happy now, ending to this film. I pray that an actor who can do my character justice fills in. <laughs> 
Guess again, milkweed. Oh, no. Jack Nicholson uh, forces his essence into Jack Torrance, the character, and the character falls down the stairs unconscious. I'll always love you, Wendy. Uh, Jack Torrance gets sucked like a spaghetti strand into Jack Nicholson's mouth as he reclaims the part. Smash wipe! Smash wipe! It's a smash! It's a little... uh, (laughs) Admiral Akbar reference. Rip. All right, passable. <laughs> passable. <laughs> Wendy drags. The yeah, Wendy's dragging uh, Jack's unconscious body down to the enormous kitchen of the Overlook Hotel, uh, where there yeah, is last a dance with Mary Jane. The music video is playing on the TV. Don't walk away, Renee. You won't see me in the fucking pantry. That's where you locked your husband, and his name Jack Torrance, and he wrote a fucking book. Wait, what song is that? That's the song that plays in the movie, so... Oh, okay. You can just look it up. Uh, Anyway, when he locks Jack in the enormous pantry of, uh, of the Overlook... Suddenly... Jack starts to get that Jack Scratch fever and <laughs> resurfaces consciousness as Wendy finishes dragging him into the pantry. Wendy, what are you doing? Ah! Jack, I have to... What? Hello? Hello? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> what did you hear? No, you hang up first. <laughs> Wendy, what are you doing? We're, we're getting out of here. You're not well, Jack. I'm going to go down to the town to get help. I'm going to take him down on the snowcat. Wendy, you can't trust those snowcats. <laughs> I was talking to him earlier, and he said that he would carry us down there fast as lightning. Everyone knows a snowcat doesn't keep its word. That's <laughs> why we love snow dogs. No, I trust this one. His name is Theodosius, and he told me that he was going to carry me like the wind down to Boulder. Theodosius writes me a letter every day. Hamilton, anyone? <laughs> Jack looks around, <laughs> making a shrugging gesture at all the potatoes and cans of beans. <laughs> I've seen Hamilton, says a can of green beans. The Green Mile. <laughs> yeah, listen, Wendy, why don't you go and try... Why don't you go and try and talk to Theodosius, see how he's feeling right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I fucking will, says Wendy, and she pushes a small hornet's nest <laughs> through the people of the hey! pantry. S- see you in hell, fucker. <laughs> Smash wipe. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the garage where the snowcat is kept, Theodosius the snowcat lies dying on his side, his flank torn open by an unknown assailant. Oh no! Wendy runs in and kneels next to the great beast. (laughs) Theodosius! She runs her hands through its ivory fur. Oh, Wendy, my child. It appears my time has come at last. Did you clash with the nothing? (laughs) Would that I were paired with such a, a foe. It would have been an honorable way for a being such as me to die. <laughs> no, I was killed by... Theodosius perishes in mystery. The body of Theodosius dissolves into shimmering <laughs> starlight. I'll clean that up, madam, says Green Miles, who appears out of the ectoplasm to sweep up the dead body of Theodosius. Green Miles, how did you get out of the pantry? Wait a minute. (laughs) Smash cut. Back at the pantry, 4 p.m. The door is wide open. (laughs) Thanks, Grady. I thought Miles would stick around a little bit longer, but... You know what they say about canned vegetables. No, what do they say about canned vegetables? They only stick around as long as you're... Not fuck you. <laughs> hey, fuck you, man. Says the can of green beans. <laughs> the green beans kicks Jack in the ass on his way out. <laughs> uh, Jack sprints through the door that uh, Green Miles opened up. The the uh, ghosts of the Overlook are now fully on Jack's side. No door will hold him. No snowcat will stay alive if he wants it dead. 
Jack races down the halls of the Overlook, a puppet to its dark desires. As Jack wheels around a corner, Grady the butler says, Hey boss, heads up! <laughs> he, th- <laughs> he throws a uh, fire axe. It swings through the air and Jack catches it with one hand without even looking like a rock star. Jesus Christ, Grady, you could have done me some real damage there, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, take that, new guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bing bong! Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Bing bong! Jack walks to the door. He hears the the wind of the giant blizzard going on outside, whipping. He looks out the window and see that the, sees that the sun has already set. He opens the door, and silhouetted in the doorway is Dick Halloran riding upon the noble beast, his own snow cat. Jack Torrance! Oh, no. It's Dick Halloran, my one weakness. (laughs) The man without honor. (laughs) Halloran unleashes a silver lance ten feet long. (laughs) It stabs through Jack's wicked side, and we can hear his foul flesh sizzle under the the purity of Dick Halloran's weapon. Wilt thou stand and face me, Jack Torrance? Get off that snowcat and face me like a man, Halloran. You don't have to do this, Dick. (laughs) The giant snow creature puts a... Uh, strong but thoughtful paw on Halloran's shoulder. Thank you, my noble steed, for all, for your emotional support in this dark hour. But this is something that I have to do myself as a man. I understand. If you need me, <laughs> just call Larry Durkins, and I'll be chained <laughs> up in his office. The snowcat races back <laughs> down the mountain. Dick turns to face his foe, squared off as two opponents, but Jack has vanished. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Smash wipe! (laughs) Wendy is sleeping. Danny is nearby walking back and forth like a friggin' maniac. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Danny stalks the bedroom, holding a cleaver and saying red rum over and over again. Hey, Danny. (laughs) What is it, Tony? Listen, buddy, maybe we should put the cleaver down, huh? I need this for effect, I guess. What are you trying to do here, huh? You think your dad comes up, we're going to chop him to pieces with a cleaver? He's way bigger than we are. He's got an axe and everything, but gosh. That's a good point. Danny sheathes his weapon and pulls out a revolver. <laughs> Much better. Now, listen, you want to know why I've been writing Red Rum all over this place? Yeah, Danny looks around, and the word red rum has been scrawled all over the interior of the bedroom like an insane person's home. I made a... I made a <laughs> this is going to sound really dumb. I made a huge mistake this whole time. Take a look in that mirror. Danny looks in the mirror. Ah! He sees that someone <laughs> has shaved his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, I drew a dick on your forehead, too. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You can't see it because of that stupid bowl cut. <laughs> Yeah, that's the biggest mistake you'll ever make, Tony. <laughs> Danny spreads his his fingers out on the table. Hey, no, what are we doing? Hey, Danny. <laughs> I've been tired of you controlling my life all the time. Hey, but ghost, you'll never be able to. You ain't nothing without me, you hear me? You ain't nothing. Danny, no. Wendy grabs <laughs> Danny's descending cleaver two inches short of severing the Tony finger. I love that finger. <laughs> Tony rushes to Wendy's bosom. <laughs> don't let don't don't let him hurt me, Mrs. H. I would never, Danny. What in what in the world do you? All of a sudden, hello, <laughs> Oliver. Thank goodness you've arrived. Wait a minute. Eh? All of a sudden, died ten years ago on this very night. That's right. I was born at a hopping 1920s party in the Overlook Hotel. I was the byproduct of two oil magnates having unwedded intercourse. Ha 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 All of a sudden, a, an axe bursts through the door. Ha! 
<laughs> it uh, disappears for a moment and then reappears as another slat is knocked out of the thick wooden door of the Overlook. Ah! Uh, Jack sticks an eyeball into the, the crack. Blech. <laughs> Danny! Pretty <laughs> uh, Wendy pushes uh, Danny out of the, the bathroom window as Jack axes Fuck! out the dang old bedroom window. Wendy closes the, the bathroom door behind her, but shrieks as the axe bites through the wood of the doorframe of the bathroom. Over and over again. The insane Jack Torrance is just bashing away, really inefficiently attacking parts of the door that do not concern the lock or knob. But you know what? <laughs> he, he's an artist. He's not going to be told how to do things. Um, he smashes one of the slats out of the center of the door and pokes his face through. Here's Johnny, he says as a non sequitur. Which really ages well. Yeah, it's great. Uh, that is a joke that uh, Stephen King would still use nowadays, though. That's 50 true. years later. Uh, apparently, Jack Nicholson improvised that line. Did he? Yeah. Oh, well, I, 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 don't, I don't know for sure. I was looking up Shining and got some trivia. And so it's on the internet. Who knows if it's credible? Do you know what else is a funny joke? Is that uh, apparently Will Ferrell improvised a lot of his lines on the set of Anchorman, the film. Really? Yeah. Jack Torrance! (laughs) 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 Wendy screams and realizes that even though she is as slight as a woodland nymph, she will not be able to fit out the bathroom window like her little six-year-old did. So she grabs up that cleaver and she makes herself small in the corner of the bathroom as Jack's axe into the door. Jack's axe into the door. <laughs> Nobody knows for sure. Jack's jumping Jack's axe. axe is a gas, gas, gas. Ooh, that's better. That's better. Jack Torrance, come down and face me like a man, you coward. Oh, God fucking damn it. Uh, Wendy. I gotta reevaluate my missions and do the Halloran mission first. Do the Halloran. Do 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 boop boop boop. Suddenly, Dick Halloran and the Hallow Gals are wearing sequin tuxedos and gowns and doing an amazing dance routine. It's just wonderful. A listener, I wish you could see it. We're watching it right now. It's great. It ends uh, with a huge cacophony of applause, like a tidal wave of adoration. And Dick is almost about to say, one more time, (laughs) when the swift and deadly axe of Jack Torrance squigs him in the old blood box. Ooh, my blood box. (laughs) My one weakness. (laughs) (laughs) That scat man crothers into a small bloody ball. (laughs) It didn't have to end this way, Dick. We could have been friends. I thought you loved me. (laughs) This could be us, but you playing. (laughs) You sent all the signals. (laughs) (laughs) Jack pulls the axe from Dick's caved-in chest and licks his serpentine lips. Serpentine lips? I don't know why that... Serpents don't have lips. Don't they? What if they did? (laughs) Suddenly, Dr. Serpent Lips gives a demonstration. (laughs) (laughs) Jack, now completely possessed by the, the, uh, the ghosts of the Overlook and able to see all of the previous murderers, ghosts, and spooks that have ever uh, filled these halls over the years, races back towards Wendy and his ill-begotten son (laughs) with his bloody axe clutch in his hands. On his way towards Wendy, he sees Danny's small, swift body scamper across, perpendicularly across the hallway, cutting him off. Hmm, who to kill, who to kill. Eeny, meeny, miny. Quiet, Dreyfus, I'm thinking. (laughs) Jack abandons his shrieking, easy-to-kill wife and runs after the fast little boy. Somehow Jack's leg got injured, and now he's like hobbling like an evil ogre 
clutching the axe towards his body. Didn't he, uh, when uh, Wendy hit him, didn't he fall down the stairs and that's how he like hurt his ankle, I think? Yeah, I, I guess that's what we are to believe. Because in the actual movie, she hits him in the hand and he's like, ow, fuck. And then she hits him in the head and then he falls down the stairs. But in a modern movie, you would absolutely like see a shot of his leg hitting something and hear a cracking noise. Yeah, it would need to be spelled out a little bit more. For exactly the reason that we're talking about right now, you cannot allow the audience to be even briefly semi-confused about why a person is limping. So anyway, (laughs) uh, Danny runs out into the snowy set piece of the hedge maze. It is totally goosed with snow, and it's pitch black. It's so difficult to see. Hey, Danny. Hey, Danny. What? Where are you in the old hedge maze, buddy boy? Bud? Oh, I'm over it. Wait a minute. (laughs) Danny claps a mouth over his hand. Wait, he does what? what? (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Snake Lips gives a demonstration of how this is physically possible. Now, Danny, very good. And that's just the beginning of the modifications we can make if you were to join me. And rule the galaxy as my son. <laughs> Danny uh, shakes his head furiously and keeps running. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Dr. Snake Lips and Jack Torrance chase Danny into the horrible hedge maze. <laughs> Danny! <laughs> Danny! Jack is now become a roaring, horrible beast. Danny! Wendy uh, races down the stairs... Uh, after her husband and her missing son. And as she wanders through the overlook, she sees all sorts of different terrifying apparitions. Oh, my God. She sees a dog giving a man a blowjob. <laughs> Can we just comment on this for a second? I don't think so. Let's move on. She sees... No, uh... so in the... Wait, in the book, in the book, there's a lot of to-do made about a very rich ghost who is the owner of the Overlook. Well, he's a very rich was... man who becomes a ghost. It's When you describe him as a very rich ghost, <laughs> it sounds like a Casper situation where he's made a lot of money posthumously. Well, as a ghost, he's rich in friends. <laughs> right, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's in the singing um, of a street corner choir. It's going home and getting warm by the Durant. fire. What? Go ahead. He, uh, like, they make a bunch of stuff in the book about how he is bisexual and the man who he slept with one time has attended the party as a party guest dressed as a dog and he's like um humiliating this man by making the dog like do all these uh shameful tricks at his own expense and the party guests are laughing at the dog and they like somehow dramatize their relationship in this movie by having a guy, Wendy, running through the hall, and then there's a guy getting a blowjob from a man in a dog costume, and they just look up at Wendy. Yep. They're not like, they're not like, you're going to die. They're like, huh? <laughs> there is no context. There is just a man in a dog costume. And here's the thing. Like, this seems like splitting hairs. But it's, yeah, there's an implication that there's something sexual happening. But the man in the dog costume, he's got, the dog's, the dog mask is too, is not set up to the point where they could have been doing anything sexual. Yeah. So the way they described it in the book is like a thing where it's like, oh, like he humiliates this dude and then he has sex with him in the dog costume. And it's like a, it's like a whole thing about their relationship. And then it's horrifying later on because they're both dead or whatever. They kill themselves. Mm -hmm. In the movie, it's just a man in a dog costume kneeling next to a man in a business suit in a room. And it's weird. It's like a Twin Peaks thing. It is like a Twin Peaks thing. And you're supposed to be spooked by it, but it's not spooky in the way that the rest of the movie is spooky, (laughs) like when the elevators open up and a bunch of blood pours out of them. Hello. Yeah. The monstrous feminine. Ah, the monstrous feminine. Um, so, like, yeah, and in a largely asexual movie, it's a strange, well, I guess it's not asexual because Jack makes out with a naked model, but other than that. Other than that. Other than that detail. (laughs) Wendy turns the other way and sees a skeleton. Yes. Can we, can we stop muffing for a second? And 
mention when you and I did Silence with Williams, we're like, this, we're, watch out, it's spooky. There's a cobweb. There's a skeleton. Literally, Wendy turns and looks into the ballroom, and it's the lights are out, and it's filled with cobwebs. And she's like, ah! And she looks again, and it's filled with skeletons in party clothes. And she flips out. This is like what we were using as examples of unscary, silly Halloween goofs. And this is supposed to be horrifying. Yeah, it's they are just kind of throwing everything at the wall in terms of like uh, what could possibly be scary to a person and seeing what sticks. Wendy backs up against a chain link fence and says, Mr. Hammond, I think we're back in business. <laughs> Frankly, I find the um, the sexually ravenous park rangers more frightening than a room filled with cobwebs. And I'll say, Mark, I, I'm beginning to think that those are entirely a uh, product of your fevered imagination. I don't necessarily remember the park rangers being in the film. I'm pretty sure Stephen King wrote a paragraph or two about them. <laughs> and there's no way of knowing since we're doing this entirely from memory. But So who knows? We have to keep the park rangers in there because they're a part of the story now. Yeah, we We had to establish them because of what happens later in the story with them right Chekhov's park ranger (laughs) Danny outside Danny continues to scamper through the icy snow drifts Jack is yelling like a horse horse (laughs) (laughs) Danny Danny suddenly stops he looks and he sees that he's been leaving his footprints in the snow Oh, man, there must be some sort of trick that he can use on his old papa to get out of this one. He looks through the hedges. What's this? He sees a mysterious bright blue eyeball swiveling in the hedge, looking at him. Hey. Hey, boy. Boy, right? (laughs) Yeah, what's going on, kid? Come here. The hedges part. And squatting in them is Professor Mad-Eye Moody. <laughs> hey, hey, boy, t- touch this. It's a port key. Moody holds out the Triwizard Cup. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know about that, Mr. Moody. My dad's chasing me and he's going to attack me. Yeah. What the fuck do you think I'm trying to save you from? <laughs> oh, okay, thanks. Dandy reaches out and touches the, the Triwizard Cup with his hand, and all of a sudden is whisked away to a completely different spot, the middle of a graveyard. (laughs) Says Professor Snake Lips. (laughs) You've fallen into my trap, young man. It was all worth it. Hey, Danny. Tony, what is it? I'm really in a pickle here. (laughs) Yeah, you're in a pickle because you never listened to my advice. Yeah, well, I could really use your help, old old buddy, old pal. Yeah, this guy is so tough. You remember what I told you about dealing with dames? Dealing with dames? Yeah, this guy don't look too much different than a mouthy dame on a Friday night to me, says Tony, looking directly at Dr. Snake Lips. (laughs) I am technically female, but... I'm still a doctor, so <laughs> please address me my doctor. Uh, Danny looks back to all the life lessons that Tony has taught him. The surefire way to break a girl's heart is to promise that you'll call and then disappear. <laughs> Why don't you take it from here, big man? Tony disappears permanently from Danny's finger. <laughs> a bloody stump appears where his finger used to be. Ow! <laughs> uh, Professor Snakeclips has sinuated its way closer to Danny and is crossing the graveyard at breakneck speed. Now, Danny, you'll be mine forever in but a few moments. Prepare yourself, young man. Hey, doctor, don't worry about it. I'll call you, says Danny, who then twists on his heel and taps the port key that was lying behind him. Do you, Danny, do you promise? He vanishes into thin air. He'll call. He said he would call. Professor Snake lives alone on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Puts her hair into curlers. 
Uh, meanwhile, in a hedge maze, <laughs> Danny reappears in front of Jack Torrance, who has frozen to death. <laughs> oh, wow, that was pretty lucky. I wonder how long I've been gone. You've been gone a long time, son. Who's this? It's me, your dad, Jack Torrance. <laughs> What? No, you're frozen to death. Danny pushes the corpse of his father over and looks <laughs> behind it. Oh my god, it's Dick Halloran still alive. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Pretty good, Dick. I got you, didn't I? Hey, listen, what would you think about if your mother and I started going on dates together? Well... <laughs> You know what, I, 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 you know, <laughs> Danny collapses and starts Jesus out, Christ, kid, seizure. you've lost a lot of blood. <laughs> <laughs> we can hear Wendy screaming from outside the maze, Danny, Danny. Dick, uh, Dick Halloran s- scoops him up in his manful arms and bashes through the hedge walls out to, uh, out to Wendy. Oh, thank God, Dick. We got to get Danny back into town. I think we got some bigger problems on our hands. <laughs> Halloran <laughs> turns around and sees the approaching nude park rangers bounding across the snow. <laughs> They're just like fully erect. Like those that bump into topiary animals begin fiercely humping them until the animals are just piles of leaves and sticks on the ground. We gotta get <laughs> out of here! <laughs> uh, Dick puts his fingers in his mouth and whistles. The snow cat dashes onto the scene. Why don't you pick on someone your own size, park <laughs> rangers? <laughs> the, <laughs> the horny mob swarms the snow cat and they fight in an epic and furious battle. The snow cat swipes its claws across a park ranger's face, splitting the flesh from bone in like a single smooth motion. A horny park ranger leaps upon the snow cat's back, almost pulling the this flesh from the majestic beast's bones. <laughs> In its <laughs> frantic need for violence. In an amorous rush, the, <laughs> the the pink bundle of men all leap atop the snowcat, weighing it down. Is this the end of the snowcat? Hey, park rangers. What? <laughs> Why don't you dick on someone your own pies? <laughs> Oh my god, it's the clown from It. Or clown Dreyfus rises from the snow. The, the the sizzling snow turning to slush and then pure water beneath him as he rises in a, a sphere of hellish energies. In each of his hands is a wicked cream pie. <laughs> he tosses one and it splats full in the face of the head ranger. The face begins melting and the ranger clutches. It cannot remove the pie from it. The ranger screams <laughs> and dies. Hey, park ranger, why don't you smell my buttonhole? <laughs> Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> pulls down his pants <laughs> and a dragon flies out of his ass. <laughs> no, okay, not what I intended, but I'll take it. <laughs> it's a living, says the dragon. <laughs> the dragon breathes its acid breath upon all the park rangers who begin to decompose instantaneously. <laughs> the shrieking remains of the mob of park rangers attempts to flee into the woods but they are pursued by the cackling uh, <laughs> Dreyfus beast into the darkness of the Colorado mountains, never to be seen again. Jesus Christ, <laughs> says the snowcat. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get these guys down the mountain, says Halloran, throwing the unconscious Danny under the snowcat's back. <laughs> You think I'm going to fucking hang out with you guys after what I've just been through? The snowcat says. I need some counseling. Hey, why don't you stop being such a fucking pussy, you fucking pussy? What? 
the, the whole cast looks across the lawn and sees the shimmering angelic figure of Tony Danza. <laughs> hey, finally I've achieved my final form. <laughs> Tony, is that you? <laughs> yeah, kid. You finally learned what you needed to do. The last lesson I needed to teach you before you grew up. I earned my second wing. Bagosh. Oh, man. <laughs> Cock blocked by an angel. <laughs> Wendy jumps into Tony's angelic arms. <laughs> okay, everybody, hop on my back. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> <laughs> the snowcat and Tony Danza carry the unconscious Danny and Wendy and the frustrated, the sexually frustrated DeCaloran down the, <laughs> down the mountainside as behind them. <laughs> the disappointed but intact Overlook. Uh, watches them go, sadly. Oh. Muff Movies. The Shining. The Shining. The Shining. Andrew W.K. Do you know, Mark, do you know what's so spooky is right now it's 10.31 p.m.? Halloween, anyone? Goo! <laughs> Andy, we have told a full, unvarnished tale. It's funny that this one, I think, ended up the closest to the actual Shining. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe not the Kubrick film, but absolutely, we included the, <laughs> the Rangers from the book. Well, I think that's the whole thing, is Stephen King was so upset about the Kubrick interpretation, but I think if, if he listens to this when he listens to this i should say he is just going to be nodding his head in agreement the entire time <laughs> yeah you know what i would like to make explicit right now in the um imaginary scenario that we just painted for you all that snowcat none of the dicks ever ever got into that snowcat ever got into that snowcat no i just thought they were in some sort i i pictured it as they were in a rage uh they were in a rage and their little their little dicks had like teeth and were biting the snowcat but there was no actual sexual penetration now i'm interested that you think that that's somehow better i'm interested that you think there's a human being out there that will be reassured by you saying <laughs> their little dicks had tiny teeth that were biting the snowcat <laughs> that you think there's somebody out there nodding in agreement being like oh thank goodness that mark said that because otherwise i would have been disturbed <laughs> look <laughs> Andy, let me ask you this. And this is, again, this is a really similar uh, situation to our great um, rockbiter, cockbiter debate. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> I mean, is it not better to be bitten by a cock with teeth <laughs> than to be uh, non consensually fucked by a cock with teeth? Now, okay. Wow, okay, because I feel like you're really recasting the conversation right now, and you're trying to trick me into saying something that either way I'm going to regret. So I'm not going to answer that. I'm going to give you a political answer, and that is that I think you're wrong to have asked the question. You're asking the wrong questions. I think, why are we even focusing on dicks with teeth when we should really be focusing on illegal immigrants? And I think that my opponent... Is more interested in fringe sexual appetites than he is about the problems, you know, that face the working man. Andy, you are not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's, that's political strategy. Andy, my friend, thank you so much for muffing The Shining with me. Can I say that I think this is the first time that we've ever recorded where I haven't ended up dripping with sweat by the end of it? That's true. Me too. Do you think it's that we're separated you're in another state and we're doing this over the we're not doing this over the internet we're doing this over telephone um do you think that that's because we're not in the same room as each other i think there's some sort of energy that passes between us when we're in the same room that is uh more intense perhaps when we're in the same area i'm hoping that we have a good muff energy going even though we're far apart but definitely i feel more comfortable when we're not in the same room if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's true. But I, I feel comforted by the research into quantum mechanics that has proven that two muffers, even when separated by a vast distance, will still vibrate at the same frequency. Right. And you can either know how fast someone is muffing or where they're muffing, but not both at the same time. 
That's absolutely true. <laughs> Andy, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, if you happen to be in Durham, North Carolina, <laughs> which is where I'm doing things right now, uh, I'm doing my uh, Dungeons & Dragons run club down here. It's called Momentous. Even if you're just interested in what it is, you can look up momentousrpg.com is our website. But that's what I'm up to now, Mark. But what about you? What do you got to plug, you old so-and-so? Boy, oh boy, Andy. As I have mentioned in the last episode of Blaster Podcast, I am trying to get a job in coding real hard, so not doing a lot of like outside performancey stuff. Um, but Heartlife NFP's new horror show, Unwell, is out by now, and you should have heard my voice in episode one. And you can listen to that series. I did some work on it. And... That's about all I got going on other than Blaster Podcast. Well, who could ask for more? I'm trying to lose some weight. That's something. How much weight? Like 30 pounds. That's not too bad. It's not, it's, it's not a little, but <laughs> it's 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 doable over time. Let's pre-commit to talking about whether or not we have succeeded in our weight <laughs> loss goals the next time that we record. You know what? Pre-commit to be fit. That's what I say. I said it, asshole. I'm sorry. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>